joining us now, the uh, the lead Big 12 analyst does such an incredible job. Fran, you um, you spent a lot of time in Texas. You've seen some of the great barbecue around the yeah. uh, the state. So let me add that if you haven't had Hellberg Barbecue, it's kind of out there. You got to drive 15 minutes outside of town. But let me add that to your next uh, your next trip to Waco. Let's make Without sure that you've tried out Hellberg Barbecue. I'm going to put that on my bucket list. You got it. You got a deal. 15 minutes for a New Yorker is nothing. Okay, so. I think I can handle that little drive out to the suburbs. Does Waco have suburbs, most? Oh, yeah. China yeah. Spring, Crawford. They've got plenty of suburbs. Beautiful. And, uh, oh, yeah, Crawford, where, the, where W's Ranch is, as I recall. Yeah, I don't doubt that you've probably been out there. I mean, that seems nah, like the kind of nah, place would you would mind. get invited. It's the kind of place I'd like to be invited, to be honest with you. <laughs> but uh, don't tell any – don't tell – don't tell the mothership that back in Bristol. I think it's okay. I think it's okay in Central Texas, but you know, I like what I'm doing. By the way, I yeah. like to be the lead analyst. Hey, I like to be the lead analyst on the Big Twelve, but the damn ACC so bad that you know Dick and Jay are kind of coming out and yeah. doing a bunch of these games. But you know what? It's a great compliment to Ron Franklin, John Sunvold, myself, uh, Brent Musburger, Holly Rowe all the great people who covered this league the last 20 years because uh, we are, I think, the best league. When I say we, I don't mean. Lost you there for a second, Fran. You may have gone in a little bit of a dip there. But you were talking about the uh, the Big 12 Conference. We are, what What were you about to say? Well, I just said, you know what? It's been, we've, been, we've covered it so well mm-hmm. at ESPN with guys like Ron Franklin, myself, Ben Musburger, Holly Rowe, that uh, when the other leagues stink, you know, Jay and Dick know where to find good basketball, like good barbecue. <laughs> they do have a t- tendency to show up. But, boy, I love seeing you when you're over there with Shambi and, and you know the league. And, um, yeah, yeah I, I always want you on our games. And even, by the way, on social media, the people that act like, oh, even the even your haters actually like you. So I kind of like that about you, and you kind of embrace it. But uh, you do the you do the homework, and I always uh, enjoy that. Now I got to say, uh, that yeah. other day, what an amazing deal that was. And by the way, since you've last done a Baylor game, we've changed how we say everyday John's name. Apparently, it's Jonathan Chamwa Chachua. So I know I know you've probably uh, heard the same thing. Um, well, I got. Hey, I got to tell you a story about him. I talked to him last yeah. week, and we were, uh, and we were just catching up on, um, you know. And I didn't ask him when he was coming back. There's always been mm-hmm. that expectation since about December that he actually might return this year. But I said, "You don't like JTT, do you?" And he said, "No. I, in fact, I hate it." And he had a great answer. I said, "Why?" He said, "Well, in my culture, we're very proud of our last name." So when someone says JTT and not Jonathan Chamo Chachua, uh, he I, he is really, you know, that's not something that he uh, appreciates. So on yeah. occasion, I call him. I've 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 shortened it, but no longer. He will either be Everyday John, John or Jonathan, but he's not going to be JTT. And on Twitter, he calls himself EJ, so I, I like that. Everyday John, he's totally fine yeah. with those initials, just not the yes. initials for his actual name. And I'm glad he gave you that explanation. That's kind of a that's kind of a cool thing to watch. It that is. what a what a celebration 
that was at the Farrell Center. I mean, it just the, the timing could not have been better. Um, you know, it, they work him into a game, and lo and behold, I mean, just if he get played two minutes, we would have all been thrilled, right? Get him out there for two yeah. or three minutes. I, I didn't know he would come in and immediately be that effective. Obviously, I think he's looked pretty good in practice and all, but you never know until you're back right. in a game. And then he hits two threes. And, Fran, you, you're close enough to the program to know he's worked on that for a good while. But to get yeah. to this point, that confident for a guy that hadn't played in that long to fire a yep. couple of threes and then make both of them, man, what a, what a great moment that was for him and the entire program. Well, there's no question. You know, I was hoping that I would be on a game when he returned, and that's okay. I'm glad I missed it because – the sooner he got back, the better, Mose. And uh, we watched him work out in December up in Dallas when they played Washington State. And Scott was still very circumspect about if and when he would return this year. Um, and then I think by the time we got into the new year and watched him practice over the last couple of weeks, you know, it was, it was not a matter of if but when. And it, in talking to Scott last week, Coach Drew, that is, he said, it's all up to John right now. You know, I got the sense that physically he was, you know, he was good to go. Uh, Dave Snyder, and uh, the trainer, and Charlie Melton had did an amazing job with him over the last 12 months, by the way. It's coming up on, uh, what is it, the 12th of February, right, is the uh, anniversary of the injury. Yeah. Um, and it's up to, it was up to him mentally, I think. And obviously he made a great decision, you know, at least to – in his mind, he was ready to go and just so thrilled for him. And, and truthfully, Mose, as much as opponents don't want to see him on the court, um, they do want to see him on the court. You know, this league is kind of a brotherhood. I think when he got hurt last year, all the coaches and all the competitors uh, felt terrible about it. And although you now, you now have to maybe see him a couple more times as an opponent here down the stretch – uh, I think everybody who loves the Big 12 is just thrilled for him because uh, he epitomizes what a student-athlete should be. He's a great representative Baylor. Um, he was arguably the best defensive player in the country last year before he got hurt. and It's, a, it's an amazing story. And, you know, let's face it, uh, it couldn't happen, couldn't happen at a better place than Baylor and the great Baptist culture that's there because a lot of people put a lot of faith and prayer and uh, – into hoping John would recover. So that's kind of cool. I like to hear you talk about our religious culture, the Baptist oh, that yeah. we are, uh, Fran Frischilla, uh embracing yep. the Bible Belt because he's lived among us for a long time. Um, well, I, you know, I the... embrace the Bible. I embrace the Bible, so why wouldn't I? You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually at an outlet mall on my way to Corvallis. If I could find a Bible Belt in one of these clothing stores, I'd be a pretty happy man. <laughs> Are you in there shopping? I, I can I can only imagine somebody spotting you at an outlet mall on your way there, to Corvallis and wondering what what Fran Frischilla's doing in there. I know, I know. No, I'm actually I'm right in front of as soon as as soon as I give you all of my time this afternoon, I'm gonna head into that Nike outlet store right here and then hit the road again and then uh I'm actually doing UCLA Oregon State tomorrow night, so it's a little change of pace from the Big Twelve and I'll be back. On uh, Saturday in Fort Worth for the Bears and uh, and the Horn Frogs, and actually I'm going to get to my hotel in a little while and watch the Bears play tonight. So it'll be good. I told you you reminded me of John Higgins. I saw his recent schedule. And it was like <laughs> five. 
<laughs> Six well, games was, hey, in my, seven Monday, days. Monday night, I yeah. Monday night, I was in Miami, and uh, <laughs> I got to I got to Colorado on Tuesday. Today's Wednesday, and I'm in uh, Portland, Oregon. Wow, that is something. Yeah. That Nike, I bet that's that Nike outlet. You could come away with some pretty good stuff there. Fran Fraschilla joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Fran, what is when you think of the ceiling for this specific Baylor team? What 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 do you think of? They got the incredible backcourt. Obviously, yeah. Bridges has come on and has become a pretty reliable guy, both as a rebounder yeah. and helping him out scoring. I think that's been a big thing for this team. But they will go through some lulls. You know, they'll go through yeah. like a five or six, a five minute stretch without scoring, which is weird for such a great shooting team. Um, when you think of like what the ceiling is for this team, what do you what do you see? Is that is that Final Four? Is it Elite Eight? Uh, how good could this thing be? And, and by the way, the transition buckets in that last game yeah. uh, were unbelievable. That kind of reminded me of some of those haymakers they were throwing a couple of years ago. Well, yes, yes, and I, I'll say this: I said this in November, December. I said it in early January. Because of the knickknacks, the injuries, uh, you know, the Flagler and a couple games here, Cryer a couple games there. Jalen Bridges was, gosh, I mean, he was in a major slump in November and December for his shooting. And then not having John. And I, I haven't seen, I, I did not see much of the game on Saturday. So I'd have to, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm excited to watch him tonight. But I did think even like when we hit the new year, that Baylor still had like 30% more improvement in them, you know, like that great team they had a couple of years ago. It's not that they didn't get better. They were just so good for so long the whole year. This team's not constructed that way. And, you know, then working in, uh, John winner, obviously, and bridges and, and, uh, Keontae George, who's such a great talent and trying to figure out where he was going to fit uh, as good as he is. And I just felt, and again, John's the X factor now, I just think this team, even a month ago, had a lot of room for improvement. Uh, and, and even those three losses, gosh, I mean, I think two of them were like, I don't, I don't I hadn't added up, but I got to think all three of them were really close as I look back on a couple of heartbreaking losses. So I just yeah. think there's a lot of room for this team to improve. Do I think they can get to an Elite Eight? Yes. Can they get to a Sweet 16? Yes. And if that's possible, then when you get this year in, in this, in, during this season with no one great team, would it shock me if they get to a Final Four? It would not. I think this team is heading towards the Sweet 16, and then you roll the dice from there, Mose. Man, that gets me kind of excited, you know, thinking about it, because I, I, this team has been up and down. But this yep. season, you can drop four games like they have or be 6-4, and 7-4, and four, whatever it is, I guess 6-4 and four now, and still have kind of everything in front of you. Now, I don't think they can lose a lot more games, but – I mean, yeah. friend, this is going to – when was the last time somebody won the conference with, like, five losses or maybe even it's, six losses? I mean, but it, it's, it's looking yeah. like it could happen. No question. No question. You know, I think the average fan in, the, in Central Texas, they don't, they, don't have, they don't get the Ken Palm analytics like I do. And last time I checked, I think the winner of the league was going to be 12. This is the uh, projection, yeah. 12 and 6. And there's like three teams at 11 and seven and a couple teams at 10 and eight. And obviously there's a couple teams at the bottom, not doing so well, which means there's more wins for the top. But I think it just goes to show you like, uh, 
I got honestly, Mose, I really felt bad about Avery Anderson breaking his wrist. Uh, and I don't know how long he's going to be out, but Oklahoma State's a team that's dangerous. You know, if Mike Miles gets back here soon, they're so dangerous. Um, you know, this league, I think, is going to end up putting eight teams in when it's all said and done. All right. And do you, do you think uh, Porter Mosier coming in here tonight, uh, do you th- what do you think of the job he's done so far? I mean, I, it just is, it's kind of strange because he, he, we remember him from his run to the Final Four yep. and how great a story it was. But you never knew. You never know if somebody kind of comes in from the outside uh, okay, yeah. how are they going to do? And maybe it'll just take him a while, but I can't really tell the direction of this program right now. And you've been, you know, that program extremely well. Um, yes. Where do you think this thing is headed? Well, first of all, I'm going to just tell you this. He is a great basketball coach. He's a, I mean that. Don't worry about the record. Now, the record's important. It's certainly important mm-hmm. to Sooner fans. And lately, it's been disappointing, especially. You know, the last game where they get blown out of West Virginia. Uh, prior to that, oh, actually, the, the Oklahoma State game, which I did last Wednesday, they may have lost some confidence. They're not a super talented team. They're probably one of the couple least talented teams in the league, which is amazing because they blew out Alabama the way they did. But I think the biggest thing at Oklahoma right now with Porter Moser is they got to get more talent. they got to recruit more talent. They have a good class coming in. Um, we're only going to see him for a couple more years before they head to the SEC. But the whole thing with their program right now is, whether it's by transfers or, or coming in and trying to find great high school players, that's been the one factor that's kind of set them back a little bit. They just didn't hit the ground running so quickly. He is a really, really good coach, and it's going to take him another year or two to get better players. And he's going to need to because this league's not going to get worse. And of course, in a couple of years, he'll be in the SEC. And quite frankly, he may do better in the SEC because I'm just telling you, and this is not a knock, it sounds like it is, but the SEC is not as well coached as the Big 12. And, and, and that's not a criticism. You've got five guys in this league that have been to a Final Four. Uh, Huggins is a Hall of Famer. Self's a Hall of Famer. Scott Drew's going into the Hall of Fame whenever he retires. And so he's come into a situation where, and he's even told me, I, I didn't realize how good this league was. Simply put, he's got to get better players. And there's no knock on his roster, but it's just a fact. All right, and last thing. Is Rodney Terry coaching himself into this position? Like, how do you think Texas is viewing this right now? they got great talent. they got yep. really good depth. And so, in a sense, you would think most pretty good coaches would come in and and do a nice job with this lineup, but these are these were those were crazy circumstances, and he has brought stability to that program. Where where do you think this is headed with this Texas yeah. program, which is right near the top now? All right. Well, first of all, Jerome Tang will be National Player Coach of the Year. Okay. 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 That is going to happen. He is going. So I, when you said Rodney Terry, my first thought is, good job. Jerome Tang, National Coach of the Year. So let's just put that that you. I'm going to put that right there on the on the on the burner right now to let okay. it stew a little bit, and then we'll come back in a month and we'll say, yep, yeah, Fram Fram called it. It's not too hard actually the way things are going. But Rodney's done a very good job. Uh, you and I both know the University of Texas. They want to hire a big name. That's, that's yeah. a fact. We know that. Uh, and I think what's going to happen is Rodney's going to have to either win the Big Twelve win the Big 12 tournament, or get into the NCAA tournament and make a deep run. 
Rodney Terry right now has probably got the same record that Chris Beard would have had. Um, and I, that's damn good. I also oh. think what Rodney Terry is doing is he's auditioning, if not just for the Texas job, he is going to end up with a, a great job somewhere else if it's not Texas. Sim- simply put, I think he has to win big at the end of the year, and it would be hard for you know the, the powers that be not to hire him. But I also think that he is auditioning for some other good jobs if it doesn't work out at the University of Texas. All right. Boy, you were calling the Jerome Tang thing years ago, and he was patient, and maybe he didn't have yep. the right opportunities. And then you talk about grabbing hold of, of this and the deal. And I, I've even heard Texas, you know, would they go after Jerome? I just hope that he wouldn't entertain that. And I don't think he will. Well, I mean, I think he's found a place he loves, and I, I just think that would not be um, – a smart thing to do, and I don't. I just don't think it's something he's going to consider. Although I could well, see Texas thinking about him. Well, here's what I would tell you: if they were really smart, they would have hired him two years ago. Because, and here's what I mean by that: um, Arizona was smart enough to hire Tommy Lloyd away from Gonzaga with no head coaching experience because he'd been at, at, at Gonzaga 20 years. Um, and I tried. I thought Jerome would be great at Iowa State, and they hired T.J. Otzelberger, and that's a home run. You have to be a really smart AD to look, you know, not just go by what, you know, the conventional wisdom is uh, and hire a guy like Jerome at a place like Texas because, you know, his fan base would have gone nuts. But, you know, there are a few ADs with, uh, you know, with uh, what I would say, I can't use this word on, on, a, on a radio station in Central Texas. So I'll just say some, some ADs have intestinal fortitude mm. to make a decision like that. And luckily, Kansas State was smart enough to do it inside the league, and now they've got a guy that looks like he's heading towards superstardom. All right, Fran, uh, you head toward Corvallis. Uh, have a great call. Well, that, that's the only reason I was not planning to stop down for UCLA uh, and Oregon State, but okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> I will now. I'll, I'll check will it out. Saturday? And... Will I see you Saturday? Absolutely. In Fort Worth? Okay. Absolutely. We'll say hi Saturday. You know, You'll hear, you'll have a tap on your shoulder, and it'll be Mosley in his sunglasses. Okay, say hi to Phil Knight for me, okay? I I will do it. I'm going to go into I'm going to put a little money in his pocket right now at the Allen store. <laughs> See ya. Bye. There he goes, Fran Priscilla. Um, does such a great job, long time Big Twelve analyst, and of course he is the uh, he's the lead dog. He'll hear him at the Big Twelve tournament. And uh, really gives us a lot of great information on several fronts. I found a lot of that stuff really, really interesting. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it. And got a couple of Super Bowl nuggets to share with you. We'll do that next. It's time now for the Baylor's 